0: Good day, friends. It's November 15th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast, where each day we read successive portions of the Old and New Testaments, making our way through the entire Bible, the full counsel of God, in 365 days. As we will be reminded today, Jesus said, Heaven and Earth shall pass away, but His Word will never pass away therefore it is eternally relevant. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher in Concord, Massachusetts. Today we are in the book of Ezekiel as he is in the midst of delivering some hard words to the nation of Egypt, which he predicts will be conquered by the Babylonians and Pharaoh of Egypt will be slain. This reminds us of the fleeting glories of this world's kingdoms and the need to seek first the kingdom of God, whose glory never fades. These messages serve as a warning to the Jewish exiles in Babylon to not idolize the surrounding nations, but to turn to the Lord, their covenant-keeping God, and stay true to Him. So let's pick up our reading in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 31, and we will read through to the end of chapter 32. Pharaoh to be slain. Ezekiel chapter 31. In the eleventh year, in the third month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitude, Whom are you like in your greatness? Behold, Assyria was a cedar in Lebanon, with beautiful branches and forest shade, and of towering height, its top among the clouds. The waters nourished it, the deep made it grow tall, making its rivers flow around the place of its planting, sending forth its streams to all the trees of the field. So it towered high above all the trees of the field, its boughs grew large, and its branches long from the abundant waters in its shoots. All the birds of the heavens made their nests in its boughs, under its branches all the beasts of the field gave birth to their young, and under its shadow lived all great nations. It was beautiful in its greatness, in the length of its branches, for its roots went down to abundant waters." THE CEDARS IN THE GARDEN OF GOD COULD NOT RIVAL IT, NOR THE fir trees EQUAL ITS boughs. NEITHER WERE THE PLAIN TREES LIKE ITS BRANCHES. NO TREE IN THE GARDEN OF GOD WAS EQUAL IN BEAUTY. I MADE IT BEAUTIFUL IN THE MASS OF ITS BRANCHES, AND ALL THE TREES OF EDEN ENVIED IT THAT WERE IN THE GARDEN OF GOD. THEREFORE, THUS SAYS THE LORD GOD, BECAUSE IT TOWERED HIGH AND SET ITS TOP AMONG THE CLOUDS, AND ITS HEART WAS PROUD OF ITS HEIGHT, i will give it into the hand of a mighty one of the nations he shall surely deal with it as its wickedness deserves i have cast it out foreigners the most ruthless of nations have cut it down and left it on the mountains and in all the valleys its branches have fallen and its boughs have been broken in all the ravines of the land and all the peoples of the earth have gone away from its shadow and left it on its fallen trunk dwell all the birds of the heavens and on its branches are all the beasts of the field. All this is in order that no trees by the waters may grow to towering height, or set their tops among the clouds, and that no trees that drink water may reach up to them in height, for they are all given over to death, to the world below, among the children of man, with those who go down to the pit. Thus says the Lord God, On the day the cedar went down to Sheol I caused mourning, I closed the deep over it, and restrained its rivers, and many waters were stopped. I closed Lebanon in gloom for it, and all the trees of the field fainted because of it. I made the nations quake at the sound of its fall, when I cast it down to Sheol with those who go down to the pit. And all the trees of Eden, the choice and best of Lebanon, all that drink water, were comforted in the world below. They also went down to Sheol with it, to those who are slain by the sword, yes, those who were in its arm, who lived under its shadow among the nations. Whom are you thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? You shall be brought down with the trees of Eden to the world below. You shall lie among the uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and all his multitude, declares the Lord God. Chapter 32 A Lament Over Pharaoh and Egypt In the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, raise a lamentation over Pharaoh king of Egypt, and say to him, You consider yourself a lion of the nations, but you are like a dragon in the seas. You burst forth in your rivers, trouble the waters with your feet, and foul their rivers. Thus says the Lord God, I will throw my net over you with a host of many peoples, and they will haul you up in my dragnet, and I will cast you on the ground, on the open field I will fling you, and will cause all the birds of the heavens to settle on you, and I will gorge the beasts of the whole earth with you, I will strew your flesh upon the mountains, and fill the valleys with your carcass, I will drench the land even to the mountains with your flowing blood, and the ravines will be full of you. When I blot you out, I will cover the heavens and make their stars dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give its light. All the bright lights of heaven will I make dark over you, and put darkness on your land, declares the Lord God. I will trouble the hearts of many peoples when I bring your destruction among the nations into the countries that you have not known. I will make many peoples appalled at you, and the hair of their kings shall bristle with horror because of you, when I brandish my sword before them. They shall tremble every moment, every one for his own life, on the day of your downfall. For thus says the Lord God, The sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon you. I will cause your multitude to fall by the swords of mighty ones, all of them most ruthless of nations. They shall bring to ruin the pride of Egypt, and all its multitude shall perish. I will destroy all its beasts from beside many waters, and no foot of man shall trouble them any more, nor shall the hoofs of beasts trouble them. Then I will make their waters clear, and cause their rivers to run like oil, declares the Lord God. When I make the land of Egypt desolate, and when the land is desolate of all that fills it, when I strike down all who dwell in it, then they will know that I am the Lord." This is a lamentation that shall be chanted. The daughters of the nations shall chant it over Egypt and over all her multitude shall they chant it, declares the Lord God. In the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, on the fifteenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, wail over the multitude of Egypt and send them down, her and the daughters of majestic nations, to the world below, to those who have gone down to the pit. Whom do you surpass in beauty? Go down and be laid to rest with the uncircumcised. They shall fall amid those who are slain by the sword. Egypt is delivered to the sword. Drag her away and all her multitudes. The mighty chiefs shall speak of them with their helpers out of the midst of Sheol. They have come down. They lie still, the uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Assyria is there and all her company, its graves all around it, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, whose graves are set in the uttermost parts of the pit, and her company is all around her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who spread terror in the land of the living. Elam is there, and all her multitude around her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who went down uncircumcised into the world below who spread their terror in the land of the living, and they bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. They have made her a bed among the slain with all her multitude, her graves all around it, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword, for terror of them was spread in the land of the living, and they bear their shame with those who go down to the pit, they are placed among the slain. Meshech Tubal is there, and all her multitude, her graves all around it, All of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword, for they spread their terror in the land of the living. And they do not lie with the mighty, the fallen from among the uncircumcised who went down to Sheol with their weapons of war, whose swords were laid under their heads, and whose iniquities are upon their bones, for the terror of the mighty men was in the land of the living. But as for you, you shall be broken, and lie among the uncircumcised, with those who are slain by the sword. Edom is there, her kings and all her princes, who for all their might are laid with those who are killed by the sword, they lie with the uncircumcised, with those who go down to the pit. The princes of the north are there, all of them, and all the Sidonians, who have gone down in shame with the slain, for all the terror that they caused by their might, they lie uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword, and bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. When Pharaoh sees them, he will be comforted for all his multitude, Pharaoh and all his army, slain by the sword, declares the Lord God. For I spread terror in the land of the living, and he shall be laid to rest among the uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword, Pharaoh and all his multitude, declares the Lord God. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 31 began with the fifth oracle concerning Egypt. It was given approximately two months before the destruction of Jerusalem. The Egyptian powers that Israel called to save them would topple like a mighty cedar tree. There is some debate among scholars about the word translated Assyria in verse 3, which also could be interpreted as Asher, the name of a great tree. Consider Asher, the great tree, once a cedar in Lebanon. Most translations read, consider Assyria, once a great cedar in Lebanon. Assyria also fell to Babylon, so the prophecy still holds, Egypt, like Assyria, will fall. The prophecy is addressed to Pharaoh of Egypt. The nations that had been brought under the great shadow of the Egyptian empire and were dependent upon it will be affected by its fall, as were those nations of the Assyrian empire. The fall of the mighty is a reminder of the shortness and vulnerability of human life. Egypt was Israel's false hope. What are you putting your hope in? Are you putting your hope in what will eventually be toppled? Is your source of trust accommodating perversion and pride? Are you trusting this corrupt world system? Or are you placing your trust in the unshakable foundation of God's Word? Don't forget what Jesus said. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Matthew chapter twenty four, verse thirty five. The prophetic lament over Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is not pretty. He and the people of Egypt would meet a violent end in a foreign land. Ezekiel chapter thirty two, verses two and three read Son of man, take up a lamentation over Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, You compared yourself. a young lion of the nations, yet you are like the monster in the seas, and you burst forth in your rivers, and muddied the waters with your feet, and fouled their rivers. Thus says the Lord God, Now I will spread my net over you with a company of many peoples, and they shall lift you up in my net. And then in verse 15 we read, When I make the land of Egypt a desolation, and the land is destitute of that which filled it when I smite all those who live in it, then they shall know that I am the Lord. This chapter closes with the final prophecy against Egypt dated April 1st, 585 B.C. It reviews the previous falls of other political powers and concludes that Egypt will join them in the pit. In the twelfth year, on the fifteenth of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, Wail for the hordes of Egypt, and bring it down, her and the daughters of the powerful nations, to the nether world with those who go down to the pit. The Egyptian pharaohs had a preoccupation with the afterlife. Many of the pyramids were built to ensure their comforts in the next life. The Hebrews also believed in the afterlife. Ezekiel assumes that the evil nations have already been sent to the pit. These words are more poetic than doctrinally enlightening. Assyria had already been overthrown by the Babylonians. Elam had been destroyed by Arshambalapal, with its capital city of Susa in 650 B.C. Babylon had taken over, and after the fall of Babylon, Susa would become the winter capital for the king of Persia. Meshach and Tubal were older nations in Asia Minor, who were also in the pit. In chapters 38 and 39, they are seen as allies of Gog and part of its confederacy, which will be judged by God for fighting against Israel. Now let's go to today's reading in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 29. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. THAT NO ONE IS SEXUALLY IMMORAL OR UNHOLY LIKE ESAU, WHO SOLD HIS BIRTHRIGHT FOR A SINGLE MEAL. FOR YOU KNOW THAT AFTERWARD, WHEN HE DESIRED TO INHERIT THE BLESSING, HE WAS REJECTED, FOR HE FOUND NO CHANCE TO REPENT, THOUGH HE SOUGHT IT WITH TEARS. A KINGDOM THAT CANNOT BE SHAKEN. FOR YOU HAVE NOT COME TO WHAT MAY BE TOUCHED, A BLAZING FIRE AND DARKNESS AND GLOOM AND A TEMPEST, AND THE SOUND OF A TRUMPET, and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them for they could not endure the order that was given if even a beast touches the mountain it shall be stoned indeed so terrifying was the sight that moses said i tremble with fear but you have come to mount zion and to the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn Who are enrolled in heaven and to god the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of abel see that you do not refuse him who is speaking for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. with reverence and awe for our god is a consuming fire and this concludes today's portion from the new testament the book of hebrews the writer of hebrews uses the image of a foot race to describe the christian life we encountered this in the writings of paul do you remember in 1 corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 do you not know that those who run in a race all run but only one receives the prize run in such a way that you may win And then in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, we read, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. A major theme of the letter to the Hebrews is to press on to finish the race. The race requires patience and endurance. You will face opposition, but don't give up. Holiness is what we are to pursue, and discipline is what we must endure. God uses hardship to perfect us, to shape us, and strengthen us. God's fatherly chastisement is a means to our sanctification, in Hebrews 12, verses 4-11. through So also are our personal relationships. In Hebrews 12, verse 14, Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. What an important relationship goal! Pursue peace with everyone. The writer exhorts Christians to look out for one another so that no one falls short of experiencing the grace of God in salvation. A person who is truly saved will have the desire to pursue holiness even though he or she may fail. But even on those occasions when we sin, we do not jettison the gospel. To reject the gospel is to fail the grace of God. We dare not fail to lay hold of the grace of God and all that it can do to sanctify us, as well as justify us. Spiritual laziness, bitterness, and sexual immorality can obstruct the process of sanctification. The writer gives the example of Esau, who demonstrated his lack of affection for the real eternal blessings of God by despising his birthright. The writer then contrasts the covenant made with Mount Sinai, the giving of the law, with the new covenant, the gift of salvation through the finished work of Christ, which is symbolized by Mount Zion. Sinai ministered condemnation because of our sin. Zion ministers God's grace because of Jesus' perfect sacrifice for sin. The blood of Abel cries out for vengeance. The blood of Jesus cries out forgiveness. Here is the major theme of Hebrews. God is pleading with these Hebrews to believe on the finished work of Christ and not be drawn back to the religion of self-justifying works and a religion of types and shadows. They should not reject the substantial reality of salvation found in the person of Christ for a religion of shadows and types that have no power to deliver salvation. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 25 through 27. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 25 through 29. Now we go to our next stop on our Bible reading tour, the book of Psalms, and we read two Psalms today, Psalm 113 and Psalm 114. First, Psalm 113, Who is like the Lord our God? Psalm 113, Praise the Lord! Praise, O servants of the Lord! Praise the name of the Lord! Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust, and lifts the needy from the ash heap, to make them sit with princes, with the princes of His people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. Let's take a few moments to reflect upon this first psalm. All day long the name of the Lord is to be praised. The psalm rejoices in God's supremacy and His grace. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalm 113, verses 2 and 3. He is incomparable in His person and work. His supremacy is illustrated by the fact that he must humble himself to look upon an angel who humbles himself to behold things that are in heaven and in the earth. Psalm 113, verse 6. Grace. He does for us what we could not do for ourselves. This is the story of Sarai and Hannah. It is also the story of every believer, for we were barren of any possibility of saving ourselves. He makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Psalm 113, verse 9. Psalm 114. Tremble at the presence of the Lord. When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled. Jordan turned back. THE MOUNTAINS SKIPPED LIKE RAMS, THE HILLS LIKE LAMBS. WHAT AILS YOU, O SEA, THAT YOU FLEE? O JORDAN, THAT YOU TURN BACK. O MOUNTAINS, THAT YOU SKIP LIKE RAMS. O HILLS, LIKE LAMBS. TREMBLE, O EARTH, AT THE PRESENCE OF THE LORD, AT THE PRESENCE OF THE GOD OF JACOB, WHO TURNS THE ROCK INTO A POOL OF WATER, THE FLINT INTO A SPRING OF WATER. In this psalm we see that the Lord wonderfully identified with His people in the exodus from Egypt. He called His migrant people who wandered through the wilderness His sanctuary and His dominion. God is with us. Judah and Israel refer to one nation, though they are still divided at this time. Warren Wiersbe divides Psalm 114 into three parts. The themes of the verses are, number one, God is for us, in verse one. Number two, God is with us, in verse 2a. God provided a dwelling place and chose to live among us. Number three, God is over us. He is sovereign and He will bring His promises to pass, in verses 2 and 3. Judah became His sanctuary, Israel His dominion. Number four, God is before us, in verses 3 through 8. The sea looked and fled. The Jordan River turned back. Psalm 114, verse 3. The impossible, became possible in verses 3 through 8. God has gone before us and he's opened up a way for guilty sinners to be reconciled to himself. Obstacles such as the Red Sea and the Jordan River have been removed so that his people can be saved. Now let's go to our final stop in our Bible reading tour to the book of Proverbs chapter 27 verses 18 through 20. Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of a man reflects the man. Shale and Abaddon are never satisfied, and never satisfied are the eyes of man. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 18 reminds us that diligent care will be rewarded. Verse 19 reminds us that the true nature of man cannot be seen at face value. God knows a man by his heart's inclinations, motives, and desires. Verse 20 speaks of the nature of fallen man as never being satisfied. Now let's pray together in the light of God's Word. Lord, your name is to be praised from the rising of the sun to its going down. We affirm the truth that because of the reconciling work of your Son, you are for us, with us, over us, and go before us. Our heart's desire is to know you more and run the race that has been set before us. We thank you for all that you use to make us more like Jesus. We ask that we would have the grace to pursue holiness and peace with others. In Jesus' name, Amen. There you have it. We've read the portions from today's One Year Bible, and I trust you'll be with us tomorrow as we continue on our journey through the Scriptures. And each day I like to remind you that we welcome your inquiries, your questions, your comments, your testimonies, your prayer requests, as we certainly appreciate you joining with us in these daily excursions. If you would like to receive a written copy of the commentary on each day's reading with uh, maps and illustrations, you can always subscribe at our website to a daily email one your Bible tour guide at newlife.org. And again, you can write us an email at podcast at newlife.org. So until next time, may grace and peace be yours in abundance. Shalom.